He laid his hands beside the scalpel, vaguely pleased with the effect. Like tools, he thought, cutting edges. They were both narrow, angular, like his own face and body. What is it with that knife anyway? asked Pazzo irritably. They were both sitting in Adder's front office. It's not a knife, ass. Besides which, I have a sentimental attachment for it. Pazzo snorted. Don't take out your ill temper on me. If you weren't so damn tight, we wouldn't have to wait an hour for that machine back there to warm up. Grinning fairly, Adder said, They don't make them anymore. It's unique. That pleased him. I give up, said Pazzo. The conversation didn't seem to be making any sense, as if his own fatigue had caught up with him in this slack moment, waiting for things to be ready again in the operating room. How does Adder do it, he wondered, thinking of all the small blue capsules, amphetamine analogs that he, Pazzo, had had to take to keep up with Adder for the last two days. He felt tired, or even more. Drained, he thought, or even sucked dry. He rose and walked over to the office window. Hey, he said, looking out into the black iron gates and the night-covered interface. Guess who's coming? Shitfire, said Adder disgustedly from behind his boots, which had taken the place of the scalpel on the desk. It could be only one person. That pain in the ass? He weighed the scalpel in his hand, then extended his arm and sank its point into the edge of the desk. I've got a good mind to dump on him and his money. Do I need the aggravation? He drew a meditative forefinger through the right angle formed by the blade in the desktop and watched his Pazzo, Chaplin-esque, pantomime turning empty pockets inside out. At her side. Go down and let him in. All my old clown tricks, thought Pazzo, wearily descending the stairs. All of Adder's screwed games. I can't take it anymore. Adder removed his feet from the desk and brushed a few straight crumbs from his clothes. He balled up a few greasy food wrappings, marked Harry's, and tossed them across the room. Personally fastidious, he affected a degree of slovenliness about the non-surgical part of his working quarters that appalled everyone except Pazzo, who was used to it. A layer, ankle-deep at points, of trash and other lesser and larger debris was randomly interrupted by stacks of yellowing stroke books, empty bottles, and unidentified objects. Black and white photographs of his work, like a catalog, were haphazardly tacked to the walls. It was, in actuality, a steadied effect. Adder's attempt to simulate some sort of archetypal and ultimate abortionist den tattoo parlor sink of iniquity. He enjoyed degrading his clientele in these small ways. Pazzo re-entered, followed by a large tailored military uniform. Its occupant had a slightly disintegrating look as if facial sinews were being cut beneath the skin. The effects of imminent canine collapse, Adder knew. Good evening, General, he said. The general flopped down bonelessly in the chair across the desk from Adder. I've got, he said, half of what you asked for. That's all I'm going to pay. Adder shrugged. Pay as you please. You don't even have to pay at all, since you won't be getting anything until I get my price. The general started to sweat. The chair he sat in was permeated with the nervous perspiration of Adder's clientele. Look, he blustered. Nobody futzes around with Romanza. I know what I want. You're going to regret it if I don't get it. 
His lower lip swelled out like a blister, catching the salt sweat from his great cheeks. Adder had a patrician distaste for melodrama in real life. He winked at Pazzo leaning in the doorframe and pointed a thumb at the general. A big man, he said. Pazzo, with a curiously blank expression, formed a small circle with his left thumb and forefinger and in an automatic rhythm thrust his right forefinger through it. The general's eyes, porcine, swiveled back and forth between the two faces he felt mocking him. You punks.